You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter podcast. Sorry for the wait, but we are back and ready to give you a lot more content over the summer in preparation for the 2019 season. My name is Matt Luthby, and today I'm joined by Logan Banker. Logan, how you doing? Good, I'll be here. Good. Um, so before we get started, I'd like to announce that Logan did graduate from Rhode Island College with a communications degree, and he just landed a job with N- NBC10 as an associate producer in Providence. So congratulations to Logan, uh, job well done, and looking forward to see what he does in the future. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Um, it's definitely an exciting time. It'll be a nice transition going right from school to work, and I'm definitely excited for what's next. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're going to get into the topics today. So since we last talked, um, a lot has happened. The Eagles had the draft, um, a few updates with the roster with Chris Long retiring, a couple more roster moves like cutting and adding more players, and um, most notably Carson Wentz returning to OTAs at full health, which is very uh, promising for the 2019 season. So we're going to get into this. First things first, we're going to talk about the draft. So in the draft, the Eagles drafted offensive tackle Andre Dillard, running back Miles Sanders, wide receiver J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, defensive end Sharif Miller, and quarterback Clayton Thorson. Um, I'm really excited about this draft class. I really didn't predict any of these picks other than Sanders and Miller, I thought, as uh, possibilities. But um, it's a great draft class, and we're going to talk about who we think is going to have the greatest impact in the 2019 season. Logan? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think the Eagles had a great draft. Um much every pick I think uh, you could really say it was a homer pick for every single one of them uh, they had a lot of steals in the draft as well but I think uh, who will have the most impact in 2019 will be J.J. Arcega Whiteside uh, I could have uh, gone a number of directions with who could have the biggest impact because they all have they'll all have a really good chance at um, having a big rookie year but I think with Arcega Whiteside his biggest thing is his height and his presence in the red zone the Eagles sometimes struggle in the red zone being able to convert touchdowns sometimes they have to settle for field goals, which you obviously don't want. You want to get six every time you're inside the 20. And J.J. Arcega-Whiteside's an absolute beast in the red zone. Um, he led college football in um, touchdown percentages in the red zone at wide receiver. Um, and his size at 6'3". Um, it'll just give a crazy um, dynamic for the Eagles on offense in the red zone. You have Arcega-Whiteside at 6'3". You got Alshon Jeffrey at 6'3". You got Zach Ertz at 6'4". And then you have um, Goddard at 6'5". So Carson Wentz will have a number of guys to throw to, I think, with so many teams keying on Alshon, so many teams keying on Zach Ertz, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside should really have a great opportunity, at least in the red zone, to make a really big impact. So he could get a number of um, big touchdowns for the Eagles in 2019. So I think he'll definitely uh, have the biggest impact. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that one of our bloggers pointed out in our on our site in an article was that the connection between Wentz and Alshon was lacking last season because Wentz wasn't taking enough chances on close throws, like a jump ball, type of throw to guys like 
Goddard or Alshon with bigger bodies. And I think with Wentz's health um, improving, I think that's going to be number one priority to utilize those weapons with those those heightened size. Um, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside fills in more size and more depth to that wide receiver group. I think it's going to be great to have all those in the red zone. As you said, um, it's really going to be hard to defend them because most teams only have one or two tall corners or safeties. And when you have four that you can put on a field at once, then that's going to be a, a, a nightmare matchups for defenses. And it's going to be really helpful to Carson Wentz. Eagles have shown that they're invested into the offense, and I really like it. Yeah, definitely. And some people are kind of concerned about the fit with our single white side in the Eagles offense. And honestly, I, I view it option with Alshon on the outside. Um, obviously, Deshaun Jackson will be on the outside a lot because of his speed and his vertical threat. But you'll see J.J., our single white side, and Alshon both on the outside. And them with their size alone will give defense so many fits. And our single white side arguably would have been um, a late first-round pick. So the fact that the Eagles got him with their second, second-round pick at pick 57 and is – um. Wait, was it 57? Did they trade back? They trade, they traded back, right? Um, I believe it was 57. Oh, okay. Never mind. But yeah, still, the fact that they um, were able to get him there was a great steal. And just he'll, like like we said, he'll just give defenses fits. Uh, so definitely a great pickup. Yeah, just confirmed that it was 57th overall. But yeah, yeah definitely a great pickup. And um, one of the biggest storylines about this pick was he... Um, grew up as a basketball player and his parents said they would always encourage him not to foul out of games because he was so aggressive and he carries that same mentality up to the football field. He wants to get the ball. He wants to get open. He's going to do everything that he can. Obviously within reason, he's not going to go and get pass interference every single play, but um, he wants to get out there and get started and be aggressive against defense, which defenses, which is fantastic. And another player that the Eagles drafted who's going to be very aggressive on offense is running back Miles Sanders. Um, we did see a lot of steam pick up with the Eagles and Sanders, and Saquon Barkley even said that he asked Sanders who he thinks will draft him. And he explained that the Eagles are interested. He thinks that they're going to take him. And I love the pick. Um, it fills a role for the running back group, not only – do they have Jordan Howard, but now they have Miles Sanders, who adds another dimension to the group. And the Eagles running back group went from almost nothing to one of the best in the league, in my opinion. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Yeah, it's out of the um, Carson Wentz pick. I don't think I've ever seen a, a player get drafted by the Eagles and have such a positive reaction by the fans to with the Miles Sanders pick. Um, it's kind of similar, uh, him and Jordan Howard, it's kind of similar to what the Eagles had in 2017 in their Super Bowl season with LeGarrette Blunt and uh, Jay Ajayi, where this year they'll have Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, which is kind of like a thunder and lightning scenario. And Sanders isn't the best in the passing game, which isn't ideal, but he he's, uh, he said himself, too, that he can he has room for improvement in the passing game. He knows that he can be productive in the passing game. So uh, just in his involvement in the offense is going to really aid the running game. Like you said, <laughs> the Eagles' running game was completely non-existent last year. They really had nothing, and now all of a sudden they have um, nice two-headed monster there with Howard and Sanders. So um, that pick definitely solidified the backfield for the Eagles. Yeah, for sure. And one thing that I want to point out is he was really overshadowed his entire college career other than last year because he was a teammate with Saquon Barkley. Obviously, everyone is aware of what he did at Penn State. Um, really took over that offense for them. And 
it's hard to believe that they still had Miles Sanders, a five-star running back behind him, just not getting any carries, or very limited carries. And I think he ended his college career with about 250 carries. I could be wrong with that number, but um, compared to other running backs, which were over 500 in the draft. um, So he's very fresh. He's ready to get going. And you see year after year, all these rookie running backs come into the NFL and have a huge impact because they're fresh, they're young, they're fast. And not only is Sanders fresh, but he doesn't have a lot of um, snaps all throughout college. So he's better prepared than anyone to go into the NFL. He has the experience, but it's not like he's already worn out. Um, like a yeah. guy like Devin Singletary. Yeah. And um, what's good, too, about him uh, not having as many carries in college is the fact that when he goes to the NFL, he's not going to have to carry a super big workload where it's going to be like kind of like a culture shock where he's going from however many touches a game he had with Penn State to having 30 touches with the Eagles. That won't happen. So he won't have to experience like something completely different from what he's used to, which is the great thing about the Eagles. Too. And it's funny that you brought up Saquon Barkley, too, because uh, I saw a place tweet how Miles Sanders is going to wear Saquon Barkley's number 26 with the Eagles. And um, obviously, that's pretty disrespectful to Sanders because he's his own player. He's not playing under Saquon Barkley's shadow, and he's trying to make his own name for himself in Philly. So he's kind of already experiencing some of that um, disrespect that other Eagles have experienced in the past, kind of like what we saw with um, Jason Kelsey's speech um, on the steps after the um, at the Super Bowl parade. So <laughs> he's already kind of getting acclimated with what some of the Eagles players had to deal with, which is uh, kind of ironic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see Sanders and Barkley go against each other two times a year, and I think that's going to happen year after year to come. Um, I think Sanders will be a great running back to keep around. Jordan Howard's on the last year of his rookie deal right now, so there's no guarantee that he will be back, and I'm fully confident Sanders are taking over the number one uh, lead back role next season, if need be. And I mean, the 2020 season, that is. Um, so it makes... Howard uh, less priority to re-sign if they don't think the price is right or if he gets hurt or anything of that nature. So I think they're putting themselves in a great situation. Yeah, definitely. And I, we've obviously seen the um, Eagles not really be willing to give a running back big money. So even if Jordan Howard has a big year and kind of prices himself out of the Eagles price range, um, they obviously still have Miles Sanders and they could, if they wanted to pick another running back next year or maybe sign um, someone that wouldn't be as much money. So they're really just, um, creating a great uh, formula for su- uh, success for not only next season, but for years to come. So like we said, it's a great pickup and it uh, really uh, make things look good for the future. For sure. And one last player I want to touch on before we transition to our next topic is Andre Diller, the first round pick. This really came out of nowhere. Um, honestly, I didn't even consider the Eagles taking him because I thought he would be long gone before they picked. Um, so I'm really happy that they got him. Obviously there was, other players on the board, um, like Marquise Brown and uh, Montez Sweat, that I think that they were going to trade up for. But um, they ended up getting their left tackle for the future, and he's a great one. Um, great run blocking and pass blocking, offensive tackle. And um, I think he's not going to have a big impact, obviously, because Jason Peters is going to be on the team. But we all saw last year Jason Peters would go out of the game time after time Um maybe only play 60% of snaps because he was getting hurt. I mean, he played the whole year with a torn bicep. Got to give him credit for that, but he would also get very tired. He's getting up there in age. So it's great to have a better backup behind him that's going to be the starter in the future. Um, I think it's a really great pick, 
and I can't wait to see what he does um, in the time that he has with the Eagles uh, next year. Yeah, and him being able to learn from Jason Peters is obviously a great situation. Jason Peters is one of the best left tackles in Eagles history, maybe even NFL history. So Andre Diller just being able to get in the room, see what Jason Peters does, how he um, works every day will be just a great opportunity for him to sit back and see what he can do, but also maybe even get on the field, like you said, Peter says get hurt. But I'm also kind of inter- interested to see how the Eagles use him if someone at another position on, uh, on the offensive line gets hurt because they kind of mentioned how they only want to keep him at left tackle. I'm kind of calling their bluff on that, though, because I think if there's a chance for Andre Dillard to get on the field, they want to take advantage of that. And we've seen Lane Johnson get dinged up last year. Obviously, Brandon Brooks is coming back from the uh, torn Achilles. Isaac Samal got hurt at one point last year. So um, there there will be chances, I would assume, for Andre Dillard to get on the field. And I would think that the Eagles would want to take advantage of that chance to be able to play Dillard, considering they use a first-rounder on him. Obviously, the priority would be using that left tackle if needed because that's his uh, place of comfort. Yeah, definitely. He's fresh, he's healthy, and I think they'll be happy to place him in wherever he's need be. But uh, I think... Going into the future, Dillard at left tackle, Johnson at right tackle is a great um, offensive line on the ends for the Eagles, and Carson Wentz will be very protected with them on the ends. Um, so a couple of days ago, we've for months, we've all been waiting on Chris Long's announcement. Is he going to stay with the Eagles in 2019, or is he going to retire? Um, he said that the Eagles aren't going to give him as big of a role as he, that he wanted, so he's really been holding off this decision to see if he get a bigger role because um, he wants to play football. He doesn't want to sit on the bench. And a couple of days ago, we got the announcement that he has retired after 11 seasons. Um, I was really sad about this because Chris Long became one of my favorite players. Not only his play on the field, um, 6.5 sacks last year, but his leadership. I mean, he almost donated two full year years worth of salaries to foundations he started the water boys in um africa bringing clean water to um third world countries and his impact is just great i know he's going to go go on and do great things in his rest of his life but um it's really sad to see him go from the eagles organization and there's going to be a big position to fill yeah absolutely and um he, he he said too that he'll still be around which is good he'll still be around the team whether it's watching the game in the stands or in the locker room. So he'll still have an impact. Um, it's definitely tough to see him go. He played such a big role on the team, even though he was, for the most part, a backup. His impact in so many scenarios was just so important to the team, most notably where he uh, got the piece of Case Keenum's arm on the interception for the uh, Patrick Robinson pick six, which really got the tides turning in the NFC Championship game and eventually getting the Eagles to the Super Bowl and winning. And they would have never won a Super Bowl without Chris Long. So... It's kind of it's not an end of an era per se, but it's definitely um, a weird transition knowing that a guy that led the team in some way, both in the locker room and on the field, won't be back. But um, they'll be able to adapt, and they'll, uh, especially since he wasn't the starter, they'll be able to somewhat smoothly transition from life without Chris Long. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chris Long was like the third or fourth defensive end to, that they would roll out with uh, Graham and Barnett starting on the ends. And then I would imagine it'd be Curry and Long off the bench first to get in because um, they like to rotate that line in a lot. And Chris Long is a great person to put in 
as a backup. I mean, he would start on most teams. He has great stats for limited playing time. I know he is old, but he plays hard. And uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for players to step up. They just drafted Sharif Miller, which I talked about on a previous podcast on late round sleepers. I think he's going to be a project, but he can definitely get his playing time and try to get that experience right away. Um, Josh Sweat is coming off of an injury, but he should be ready for week one. I would imagine if not, he will come back early in the season. And he's shown some flashes of good play, but um, I, I'm really curious to see how he's going to progress in his second season. And they do have Vinny Curry um, among other undrafted free agents and players like that that they've picked up. So it, the uh, loss of Chris Lawn is going to be felt, but hopefully another player can step up in his role. Yeah, what's good is the fact that Chris Long was the fourth defensive end or fourth defensive end. So um, it, it's obviously kind of a good thing to be able to complain about not having the best fourth defensive end because a lot of teams are worried about their first or second. Obviously, the Eagles have a great starting uh, rotation with uh, Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett at that spot. But um, I think the guy that will step up most is um, Josh Sweat. Uh, he was a beast in college in his final season. He had 56 tackles. He had uh, 12.5 tackles for a loss and 5.5 sacks. And he was considered to be potentially a first-round pick or a second-round pick before he suffered the knee injury. He, he's had some knee issues in the past, and um, obviously that's not ideal. Um, but I think if he's just able to stay healthy, he'll have every chance to prove himself uh, this training camp and really earn that um, fourth and final defensive end spot. And uh, another guy, too, to look out for is Joe Osman. The, the, he's pretty much been a practice squad hero for them where he would – when they played the Bears in the playoffs last year, he kind of mocked play Khalil Mack and did a really good job. Lane Johnson said that he really gave him a run for his money, which, I mean, Lane Johnson is one of the best right tackles in football. So when you hear, hear a guy like him saying that, you know Joe Osman could really be the real deal. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think um, he'll, he, he's another guy that the coaching staff just raves about and really likes, and I'm sure he'll get a great chance too. I saw some uh, people at uh, OTAs mentioning just how big Osman is and how big his arms are. And, I mean, when you hear that, you can only imagine the type of force he can be if he's really able to be put to use and properly um, do what he's capable of doing. So those are definitely a few guys to look out for. Yeah, um, Howie Roseman spoke very highly of him as well. Like in previous press conferences, he's gone out of his way to bring up Joe Osman, and which is kind of surprising to me because he was a practice squad guy. He's taking this time to talk about him instead of someone that's actually on the roster um, and was playing last year. But Obviously, there's big things coming for Joe, and um, I'm excited to see him get on the field. Um, but also, about Josh Sweat, I think, yeah, number one, staying healthy is his number one, number one priority, but also um, making sure that he puts on size. I'm sure that's been a priority this offseason. But um, last year when he was on the field, he did look a little undersized. I know he has a D-end, but um, he can't just use his speed all the time. He needs to get a little bit more size because if you're going against someone um, a bigger offensive tackle. They got to have that size to push them back and really give them a good fight. Um, but also one thing to point out is the Eagles kind of are okay missing out on one DN because they're so deep at the defensive tackle position now. They got Fletcher Cox, um, arguably one of the best in the league behind Aaron Donald. Uh, Malik Jackson, another great defensive tackle, and they brought back Tim Jernigan who was great for them. Obviously, he didn't play a lot last season, but the year before, he did play very well. Um, but 
they they have three great defensive tackles that they can rotate in who are going to bring in a lot of pass rushing and run blocking or ru- rush um run defense defensing uh presence so it kind of holds off the need for a d end um you don't really need to be that deep if you're deep at the d tackle position yeah it's a good thing uh you brought up uh, Malik jackson's name too because he did play some defensive end in jacksonville so if they needed him to he could slide over and do a pretty well job there he's primarily primarily more of a um pass rusher than a run blocker uh kind of struggles against a run sometimes but i'm sure he's out to prove himself this year that that's not the case. He had a lot of slack being put on his name last season when he got cut. Um, so he's definitely going to be out there to prove himself. And another thing about the Eagles having so many options at defensive end, at least for the final spot, is they'll really get a chance to see who's best in that group because I'm sure they'll put everyone to the test and really make one person prove why they're better from the rest of the group. So having three or four guys that they're considering for that spot um, – they'll really be able to see who wants it that badly, who can really be of use for them, and just who can step up most and be productive in games for all 16 games. So um, it's definitely, like we said, losing Chris Long is not ideal, but they still can make it work, and they can still find someone that can be of big use for them. Yeah, definitely. And um, another rumor that has surfaced again, there was talk about it early in the offseason. I still think this is a long shot, but apparently – the Eagles are still interested in trading for Jadavion Clowney. There have been no like uh, report, like uh, verified sources that are going to commit to this, but there are rumors out there. I don't think it happens by the start of the season, but Jadavion Clowney and the Texans have been trying to work on a deal. Obviously, nothing has happened yet. He's set to play on a franchise tag, and possibly the Eagles might be able to give him the deal that he wants. Obviously, uh, Frank Clark just signed with the Seahawks for about 20 million. Um, he's a year. He's probably going to want more than that or around that number. So it's going to put a hurting on the Eagles salary cap number, especially when contract talks are starting up with Carson Wentz. Um, they're going to have a lot more work to do, uh, clearing up some space for both of those, but they might try to make a trade to fill a defensive end role. Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll go after J- Jadavion Clowney. I don't know if that report's even true or not. Um, it's just the fact that, A, I don't know if they even would want to bench Brandon Graham or Derek Barnett. Um, obviously, J- Jadavion Clowney is one of the best def- defensive ends, but it's the fact that they would have to trade, I would probably say, at least a first-round pick to get him, which I doubt they would do, and also the amount of money they would have to give him. They have a nice situation where they have Brandon Graham for a decent price. Derek Barnett's still under his rookie deal, so... They don't necessarily have to go jumping down that road to solidify that spot. Uh, they'll have bigger issues coming up in the future that they have to allocate money towards. So um, I probably would be surprised. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily object to them doing it, but I'll be definitely surprised if they decided to go down that road. Obviously, it would tremendously help your defensive line, defensive end spot, but I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm not going to obviously ruled out there is still a chance because Howie Roseman has proved this entire offseason that he's filling every need possible. If you point your finger to a position on the field that's like, oh, this is kind of weak, he filled it. Um, And obviously they didn't anticipate uh, Chris Long leaving. They didn't prepare very well, only getting Sharif Miller in the draft. But um, you never know. that. I think the defensive end position is probably one of their – biggest needs at this time just because everything else on the roster is so strong so maybe they want to re-solidify that and get a guy like Clowney but like you said it's going to take a lot of a, a high draft pick 
and a lot of money. So um, I would say it's not likely that it will happen. Yeah, and we've kind of seen the Eagles formula this offseason with a refusal to really sacrifice any picks for anything. Even in the past, we saw the Eagles only trade a fourth-round pick for J.H.I. Pretty much the majority of the signings they made this offseason was a signing that wouldn't affect their compensatory pick situation. So um, I it would kind of go against what they've done all along to trade a high pick for a guy like Clowney, let alone the money, which also go, goes against what they really like to do. So, I mean, who knows? But it, it just... Like I said, it would just go against how the Eagles have really maneuvered around things over the past few months, past few years. So, Yeah, something to keep an eye on. Never know. Yeah. Um, and our last topic for today's podcast is we're going to talk about Carson Wentz's health. As I said earlier, he is cleared for OTAs, and Doug Peterson says he has no limitations, which is great news. Um, earlier in the offseason, there was a press conference, and – they were kind of wishy-washy with how he was feeling. Uh, reporters were asking, how's Carson Wentz feeling? He, all he would say is progressing, no timetable. Um, so it's great to see that he's finally 100% healthy and that he's ready to take on drills with the entire offense because last year he missed out on a lot of that because he was still recovering from the ACL tear. He didn't even get to play in the preseason. So I'm really excited to see him get back on the field, number one, but also build up that chemistry with guys like Andre Dillard, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Miles Sanders, Deshaun Jackson, everyone else on that team that needs a little bit more time with Carson Wentz. They're going to get it all summer long, so that's great. Yeah, the Carson Wentz being 100% is has a few big reasons of why it's so important, such good news. A, like you said, the fact that he's able to have the offseason to practice with these guys something he didn't have um, last season going into the year. He was still recovering from the ACL injury, so he didn't have the luxury of being able to um, practice with his guys due to the North Dakota trip. I, I wrote an article about this, and just the fact that um, he's able to have the full offseason. I mean, he's, he statistically he still had a great year last year, so who knows what he can do this year with even better weapons on offense and the fact that he's completely healthy. I think that might um, kind of quicken up how the extension talks go because – I personally thought they should wait for him to be 100% from the back injury before they really get serious about talking about extending him. And now it's it's only May, and he's 100%. So that's very good news in terms of talking extension. And I think the Eagles will quickly dive into that and really try to get that done now that they know that he's 100%, and they can just trust that he'll be able to go into this offseason and put in as much work as possible to be the best player possible. So I think that's just great news in terms of that as well. Yeah, and also the talk about the contract extension, it's not only – uh, talk between the team and Carson Wentz's camp, but it's also a fight against the league because there's always um, a rush to sign quarterbacks. Dak is looking to get $30 million a year or even more. So the amount of time that they wait is the higher that they w might have to sign him for. Um, I'm sure Carson Wentz will want to be paid like a top quarterback. Um, so obviously this is a separate conversation as um, trade or uh, contract talks kind of heat up a little bit more but I think they're gonna they're very happy that he's healthy now and they're gonna use that to kind of get this talk going a little bit more and um, try to get him signed before a guy like Dak Prescott or Jared Goff just so they can get the right number that they want without having to overpay him yeah I mean I'm not too worried about the Eagles having to pay him top quarterback money money because he honestly deserves it It'll just make things a lot more difficult in terms of fitting other guys onto the cap and getting as deep of a roster that they have now. But I'll I'll forever trust Howie Roseman to be able to do that. I'll never try to figure out myself 
how he does it, but um, yeah, he he always finds a way. So that's um, it's something I won't even worry about. And the number one issue, the number one worry is getting Carson Wentz under contract and making sure he's in Philly for the long run. But um, just a kind of separate topic about the OTAs. One thing that really caught my eye was the fact that Carson Wentz didn't have his knee brace on, and he said that um, pretty much he won't be wearing a brace all offseason and during games. And for me personally, that's a little concerning because his knee's fine. His knee's 100%. He's passed the ACL and LCL injury. But typically for quarterbacks, when they suffer an injury like this, they wear a knee brace for multiple years because it helps against hyperextension. And hyper when you hyperextend, that's how you end up tearing your ACL. So you want to be able to avoid that. For a guy like Carson Wentz, a guy that's set to get so much money, it would make me feel a lot more comfortable knowing that he had that on. And um, I had a little bit of a back and forth with some people on Twitter about this. And um, one person said how um, – pretty much no NFL doctor would sign off on that and risk their med- medical license saying that he doesn't have to wear his um, uh, knee brace to stay healthy. And um, the only thing is if he was like really uncomfortable with the brace, it could cause some risk, but he didn't look that uncomfortable last year with the brace on. So it's pretty surprising to me that they decided that they're letting him go without the brace, considering he's only 18 months removed from the injury. Like it's not like it's been five years. So it's just a kind of odd thing that came up, and I didn't expect that. He's probably happy he doesn't have to wear the brace, but in terms of football, it's an iffy decision. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting decision. Um, I think it's just mental because, like, obviously you need to make sure that your health is number one priority, and keeping that brace on will help uh, prevent re-tearing your ACL, and obviously nobody wants that. But I think... A lot of things that uh, Carson Wentz struggled with last year was just in his head. He wasn't taking enough chances, uh, throwing the ball, running the ball, escaping in the pocket. He took too many sacks, made bad throws. And I think it all came from not being confident in his body and being scared that he would re-tear that ACL. Obviously, the brace does help that, but um, it's he's got to be like a little bit concerned looking down at his knee every single time, every single play and seeing a brace on there. Um, so I think taking that off kind of gives him a boost of confidence saying I'm 100% healthy, kind of embracing that he doesn't have to worry about anything. He can return to the player that he was. And um, I know it is concer- concerning. I want them to obviously make his health a priority. But if the medical staff made that call and they're ready to take that brace off already, then I think it's going to help him um, as a player so much. Yeah, obviously I'm not the doctor in the situation. So if they truly feel comfortable and okay with the decision, uh, everyone would just have to live with it, including myself. And obviously I hope Carson Wentz has no injury issue or any of that. And I will say I saw um, a video of him working on his footwork in the pocket and just like looking from afar, his, he looks so much more confident stepping into that leg. Last year we kind of saw him like someone like hopping when he would go onto his leg. He wouldn't, he wouldn't really plant. He wouldn't be firm with putting his foot to the ground where this time around he really looked like it was just smooth and he was putting the foot in the ground and he was twisting, he was turning with no issue. So that's definitely a positive thing to see. Um, yeah, not only that lateral movement will improve, but also stepping into throws. Um, he tried to keep as much pressure off it as possible. I noticed that as well. But now that he's fully healthy, he can move around the pocket with ease and also step into throws because his left foot is his plant foot uh, being a right-handed thrower. So, um, it's going to help him get more velocity on the ball, step up in the pocket a little bit more, and just become the quarterback that he was before his injury. Yeah, definitely. And um, just his health in general, like we said, being able to 
work with all of his guys, you know, have that team bonding experience of going up to North Dakota and practicing. It's just all, all around a great situation with Carson Wentz. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him go out there and show everyone that he's not injury prone. And he's worthy of being a franchise quarterback. Like I wrote in my article, it definitely should be a great year for him in 2019. Yeah, definitely. We're happy to see him back on the field. I'm sure he's very happy. The players, the coaches, they all want number 11 back behind center, running these drills and carrying them out of the tunnel in week one, which we will be seeing soon. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, like to thank you guys for, for listening to our podcast today. Um, a lot of stuff has been going on with the Eagles that, so far this offseason, and we're going to be covering this uh, offseason all summer until week one of the NFL season. So stay tuned for more content and be sure to subscribe on whatever you're listening to. Thank you and go birds.